Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, I think it's going to get a lot less weak. We are going to... We're going to start off with some fun stuff. We're going to go visit Iceberg over at the arcade. We're going to talk about some movies. Then we're going to talk about a big score I found over at the flea market of a bunch of sleazy stuff. It's going to be a hoot. Let's get started with this new thing that uh, Engineer Emily and the Ensign over from Pod B made. Let me find it in here. All right, go. My point is, everyone judges everyone for everything, and life is just really a lose-lose. Giddy up. Giddy up again. Giddy up. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report. They don't know who we be. They looking, but they don't see. I guess that's true. People looking, but they don't see. They don't know who we be. They don't. They don't know how we're changing the world, one one listener at a time. I guess. Uh, as you know, the Commodore, the the eccentric owner of Pooptronics Media, the company that runs the the cell tower up here on Jupiter, that I Jupiter's Moon Callisto that we work on. He he'll send us some new stuff every once in a while. He likes us. He thinks. He thinks we're cool, which is all right because I think he's cool too. And the other the other month, he sent us a multicade, and we set it up in a room over by the snack shack. Yeah, we played some beats and stuff from the from the jukebox that he sent us a while back, and it's cool. Some of the other dudes who pass through maintenance guys, whatever they they sometimes go and they play some games, and it's a fun place. Icebergs over there all the time. I. I went over the other day to check out, see what he was up to. Bro was playing some Punch-Out, which is a fave game of mine. And I, you know, I, I let the recorder roll. And here's what I got. Let's, let me find it. All right. Giddy up. Hey, Iceberg, what's up? Uh, I thought I'd find you here. What's the deal, dude? Did you, you're playing this Bismarck? This is pretty cool, man. I love Love Bismarcky. I wasn't, I wasn't like, when he was around, I don't know, I didn't get into him as much as I probably should have, but as I've grown, I've really, really come to love you. This song, this song, The Vapors, man, is hot. You picked this? That's cool, man. Of course I picked it. Do you think one of those knuckleheads that are here fixing the South Tower would have picked something this dope? You are bugging. Yeah, you're probably right, dude. Those dudes don't seem like the like the juice crew type. I came in here yesterday and the dudes were listening to that dude from Hootie and the Blowfish's new country music. What? It was horrible. Yeah, I bet. W- what, are, what are you playing here? Are you you're getting into some punch out? 
Yeah, obviously it is bunch out. You just watched me murk up glass, Joe, didn't you? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, Piston Hurricane. Check him out. I like this guy. He, he's pretty good, huh? Piston Hurricane is weak, too. Sure, he has a great name, but the dude stinks as a prize fighter. Nah, he's alright. He has a cool name, like you said. He's... He's a contender, you know, he's not like Soda Popinski or anybody like that, but he's okay. I he has a respectable respectable career. He's probably he's probably beat Glass Joe and I imagine that, you know, he might pull an upset on like a kid quick or somebody every once in a while. No, he pretty much stinks. He isn't fast and he does not hit hard. Sure he can take a punch. I've been beating him to death and he keeps getting up. That means something, I guess, but no. If I were his manager I would urge him to retire and if I were him I would kill myself for being such a lame. If you were pissed in Hurricane you would kill yourself? Dude, that, that's pretty harsh. The dude is awful and I bet he has actually lost to Glass Joe in the past, if not officially then at least in sparring contests. See, I have defeated him already. The next dude, Bald Bull, I could never get past this dude in like the NES version or any version. When he would do that thing where he would like hop at you, I could never time it right and I would always, I'd always get knocked out. Can you, can you beat him Iceberg? Of course I can. For serious? How, how how do you time it when he jumps at you and punches? It is super easy. You don't wait for him to come at you. You go at him. So you just bum rush him right out the gate? Basically, he is a bully. He folds if you take it to his face with punches. See? He is easy pickings if you are not afraid. Man, I would never do that. Well, we all know that you stink at video games. Dude, you knocked him out. Wait, I stink at video games? Yes. Basically. Alright, we are back. We are back for for a bit of sad news. I went over to the the used bookstore in my neighborhood. It's a bookstore called Paperbacks Unlimited. They sell paperback fiction. For the most part, they do have some nonfiction. It's where I get my Star Trek Voyager novels and my Star Trek Deep Space Nine books and the wife picks up her her uh, Nicholas Sparks paperbacks or whatever she reads. I don't know. She had something the other day that looked looked like it might be by good old Nick Sparks, but whatever. She's a girl. They like that kind of stuff, man. You can't you can't judge what other people like. You just like what you like. I used to I used to really judge people. By things that they were into. Basically, the music that they would listen to. I was like this hardcore hip-hop head. And if you didn't listen to stuff that I thought was cool or stuff that I thought was real, it wasn't that I wouldn't be your friend because it wasn't extreme like that. But I would, in my mind, mark you down as a Neo-Maxi Zoom dweeby or whatever it is that that Bender said. Face it. You're a neo-maxi-zoomed That was, that was too judgy. That was the epitome of judginess. And I don't, I don't do that anymore. I, I let people like what they like because I like what I like. I like wrestling. Wrestling's dumb. Everybody knows it's dumb. I know it's dumb. You know it's dumb, but I still like it. So who am, who am I to judge? Anyway, I was, 
I was over at the bookstore looking for something to read. I got this book called, um, I forget what it's called, Absurdistan, and I, I didn't like it very much. It had a lot of a lot of emails between the two characters, and when I'm reading a book and they skip into an email that they wrote, or even worse, like a piece of fiction that the fictional character wrote, for example, a poem. A poem is always the worst to me when I'm reading a book and all of a sudden they want you to read poems that the character wrote. I hate that. And this book was full of emails and texts and stuff. And it wasn't all bad, but I, I wasn't into it. So I was over there looking for something else to, to check out. And I saw they had a poster that Booker, Booker the cat had passed away. They have a cat or they had a cat in the bookstore, a tabby cat. The cat always looked old. It always looked like an old cat. It was 19 years at passing, and the cat always looked to have been 19 years old. I've been going there that long. I've been going to this store since I was in early middle school. It's where I used to get my comics at one point, and the cat seemingly had always been there. One of the cool things is the store is kind of like full of nooks and corners, like bookstores are apt to be with different areas for different types of books and it was always neat when you would go into your section to look for your thing and the cat was in there like canoodling on the ground or snoodling up to something it was always kind of fun you could give the cat a pet friendly cat nice cats i'm not i'm not a cat guy myself we do have a couple but i'm a dog dude but this was this was a cool cat and it was always kind of fun when you're looking through the star trek books there's you know this cool cat like rubbing up on your leg for a second at any rate The cat has passed away. I talked to the girl at the counter and she said that Booker has just been missing for a while. And cats, cats tend to do that. We've had a few cats that when they got up in age, they, they just wander off to, to die in dignity or more likely they're older and they wandered off and whatever they came across, they weren't able to face it anymore because of their age. You know, it could have been a mean dog, or a possum, or a fox, or an eagle, or a coyote, or a any number of things, a escaped lizard, like an escaped Komodo monitor. It could be anything. And the cat's up there in age and they just can't deal with it anymore. And they, they never make it back home. And Booker, Booker the bookstore cat, never made it home. They had a nice poster up on the wall with a bunch of pictures of Booker, and, I, you know, I'm a bit bummed out. I I don't think that they will get another cat, because as it was told to me, this may not be true. I heard this from another customer. Booker just Booker just showed up one day at the store, and they let him in, and he he lived in the store. He didn't go at home home with them at night. He, he lived in the store. The store was his domain. Sometimes you'd see him in the parking lot. Sometimes you'd see him in the front. See him on top of the dumpster. And Booker... Booker lived a good life, I think. I think that it would be nice living inside of a used paperback store. If you if you ask me, man, that's living the dream. So even though I am sad in my heart, I know Booker, Booker had a good one. So we'll be back in a sec. Booker the Cat, they reminisce over you. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Then executive 
producer Martin Scorsese. Poison gone, sir. And acclaimed director Ben Wheatley. I'm not running a pizza delivery service. Free Fire is wickedly funny. Oh, shit. Hilarious. I'm running, nobody shoots. And wildly enjoyable. Oh, now we're cooking. Free Fire. We saw Free Fire on a Monday afternoon, and we were the only people in the theater. I think we saw it at like 11.30 in the morning. It's cool to see a movie in the morning. It's like you get it out of the way, and you have like the entire rest of the day to do whatever you want to do. And then once you're all done doing whatever you do, you add in that like you also saw a movie in the morning. So you've had like a super productive day. At any rate, we were the only one there, which is that's really my favorite when it's just us and we can feel free to like rustle as much as we want and we can talk a bit and do do just whatever it's a lot more fun it's like you have your own you do have your own private theater i i suppose even though somebody did walk in at one point for a couple minutes sit down and just walk out i wonder wonder what that dude was up to the movie is really short it runs for 85 minutes the opening weekend it made 1,662,000. it was directed by ben wheatley who i do not know but while looking through his filmography, I discovered that he has directed a movie called The Greasy Strangler that I don't even know what it's about, but I, I definitely want to see that movie. This one, though, it stars it stars a bunch of people. It has Brie Larson, Cillian Murphy, Army, Army Hammer, uh, Charlotte Copley, who you might know from The Powers TV Show or District 9. He was Murdoch on the A-Team. I really like this guy. If... If they ever make a movie about yours truly, like a movie about me, me and my my guy, uh, Iceberg, you can maybe consider get, getting this guy to play me. I don't think that we bear any resemblance to each other, but I just like the way he carries himself. I think he's really funny. I enjoyed him as Murdoch. I enjoyed him in this a lot. I enjoyed him immensely in District 9. He's cool. Also, get Sam Rockwell. That wouldn't be bad either. I think that guy... That guy might be able to pull it off well. There is also Jack Rayner is in the movie. He is the the brother of the main character on Sing Street. It was nice to see him. This this movie is interesting. It's unlike any movie that I've seen before. It is just one long shootout from beginning to end. It starts off with a gun deal that goes awry. And the next thing you know, the two teams are are shooting at each other for the next next 80 minutes or so. And it's so, so weird, just the, the pace of the thing. There's parts where they're just laying in the dirt, shooting at each other and talking junk back and forth. There are parts where it's just, you know, somebody bleeding for a few minutes and kind of complaining. The entire thing, it's kind of played up like, I'm not going to say comedy, but there are a lot of, you know, a lot of jokes, a lot of wisecracks back and forth with the guys shooting each other. Lots of just weird, somewhat comical things going on. But at the end of the day, the movie is 85 minutes of people getting shot and rolling around in the dirt. I've never been in a gunfight. I've never seen a gunfight. That's not entirely true. I've been... You know, we've had these pirate attacks and things like that, but it's never it's never come down to like a Reservoir Dog style black black gunfight. But this movie, it shows me what I think an actual interpretation of a real life gunfight would be. In real life, I don't think sh- people shoot very well. 
I don't think that every shot hits, you know, right between the eyes or right in the heart. I think there's a lot of misses, a lot of ricochets, a lot of people shooting while looking away, a lot of people shooting while looking at the dirt, a lot of just shots going off in all directions. And I think that this movie really illustrates that. They hide, they shoot, they shoot, they hide. And every once in a while, somebody will get plugged in the arm or plugged in the leg. One guy gets shot in the body and they moan. They lay around in the dirt and they moan and they complain. When I saw the movie, I wasn't so much sure of what I'd seen and whether I liked it or not. When I left initially, I felt like I'm not really too sure if I like this movie or not. But then the next day I found myself thinking about it and thinking about the characters and I'm not going to say there's a twist or anything like that, but everybody may not be on the teams that they represent at the beginning. There may be some rats, there may be some traitors, there may be some people in business for themselves and nothing is really spelled out to you. So I found myself over the next couple days thinking, I wonder who was actually on whose side and what was going on. And I started thinking about the characters and what what happened to some of them after this and some of the just things like that. And I sort of I sort of turned myself around and feel like, you know, mm, I think you actually did like this movie. I want to see it again. I don't necessarily feel like I need to go to see it at the theater. I think at this point it's down to only one showing a day. It was in the it's a 12 screen the theater we go to and it was the one that was like way upstairs way in the corner in the absolute most remote corner the farthest you could possibly walk and still be within the theater and now I think they have it down to one and in a couple weeks it'll probably be at the three dollar theater I may consider going to see it at the three dollar theater I it's not a money issue it's just a time issue and the issue of the fact that the movie the movie will play just as well on the small screen as it would on the big screen. There's not a lot of big action. I think there's one one explosion, maybe. There was definitely one, but there I don't believe there was more than one. And it wasn't even wasn't even a giant explosion. What I liked about this movie is I feel like they got a lot out of a little. The entire thing is in one scene. They're in a warehouse. It's a shootout in a warehouse. And essentially you could have made this movie for the price of the actors, the rental on the guns. And however much it costs, you know, have like the gunsmith, you know, the movie guy who makes sure everything's on the safe and, and on the uh, the squibs, whatever they call those things. You know, that guy, you got like a few effects guys involved with weapons. You could have done it for the actors, the weapons, the rental on the warehouse, the cameras and the price of like a few technical guys. It was, um, I imagine, super cheap. I wouldn't be surprised if it's turned a profit already. I think that they got a lot out of a little I recommend that you check this out but you could also see it on VOD and you'd appreciate it or go go down to the video store to the blockbuster rent it I think it should should probably should probably be on tape before too long let's let's check out the next flick that we saw this one this one's a good one too I like this hey dum dum don't forget to give it the source magazine migrating oh snap you're right thanks Emily Emily out all right let's Let's think about this for a sec. I'm going to go ahead and give it 3.5 3. mics. 3.5 mics. On the good old Source Magazine mic meter.
I need to tell you guys something. But you have to promise that you're not going to tell anyone, okay? Just wait for it. Wait for what? Is it there? The giant monster? Yeah. I'm blowing you kisses. Just like I thought. It's a good monster. Look what had to happen for things to get interesting around here. The next movie that we saw, we had to go, we had to go over to the art house. Cinema, the kind of place where they put the real butter on the popcorn and they have like nutritional yeast and garlic salt and other things like that on the counter, as opposed to just plain old, good old American salt. We went over there to see this movie. The movie was known as Colossal. Star Jason Sudeikis. Stars Jason Sudeikis and Anne Hathaway. It was directed by Nacho Vigalondo. I am not familiar with this guy, but man, this movie was great. Let me, let me hop on over to Tomatoes, and I will... I'm going to read you the description of what the movie was about. I think that this might be the easiest way to uh, illustrate it. You've got mail. Eh, we'll need tomatoes in a second, but I'll, I'll just explain it. I think that would be just as easy. I think, I think I got a pretty good grasp on the plot. I really enjoyed this movie. I think that you would really enjoy this movie. Basically what happens is Anne Hathaway lives in New York. She's She's like a drunken hipster, and her boyfriend, who is played by the dude in Legion, the FX show, he he's sick of it, he's had enough, so he, he tells her that she has to leave and get her act together. She has nowhere to go, but back to her, back to her hometown, and when she's there, she falls back into her old habits, and she spends the night out drinking with, like, some of her old town chums, and when she wakes up the next day... She sees on the news that there has been this, this giant kaiju has arisen in South Korea and it's, it's just wrecking shop on the entire island. Eventually, Anne Hathaway kind of, she kind of comes to the conclusion that, that she's controlling the monster. She sees, she sees the monster doing something like a signature gesture that she did. She's watching the news later of the monster attack and she sees she sees the monster scratching its head like she does and she starts to do some experiments around her around the town and she discovers that she she is actually controlling the monster when she goes to a certain place in her town somehow she gets transported to South Korea in the form of the monster and everything goes from there the movie was really interesting and really neat it's also it's also a bit of a romantic comedy between her and Jason Sudeikis, who was a dude who's, he's always kind of had a crush on her from a distance. And then, you know, this conflict with the boyfriend and all all kinds of stuff. I, I cannot say enough good stuff about this movie. It was original. It was fun. I think that, I think that when this hits DVD and VHS and HD DVD and Blu-ray and beta... Laser disc, all those things, the disco vision. I think that once it gets out in all these formats, it might 
It might catch on. This has has the feel of something that's going to be a bit culty. It feels like something that people are going to be talking about at the end of the year. Like movie magazine nerds, like dudes who read Empire, like dudes who... Dudes who talk about movies on the internet are going to be talking about this movie. Maybe. I don't know. I, I put a highlighter mark over it on... I keep a list of every movie that I see. I have it right here up on my desk. I tape it to the wall. I write them down. And I, I highlight movies that seem exceptionally interesting. And this is... This is the first one of those this year. And I don't know, man. I'm going to... On the source meter with one being a total dud and five being an all-time classic, I am going to... I I thought about this. If Free Fire is 3.5... Colossal is better than that. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it a coveted four, four mics. Four mics. On the good old Source Magazine mic meter. Alrighty, tidy whitey. Up next is one of the most anticipated movies of the year by me and by anybody with two brain cells rubbed together. This movie is known as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And let's... Let's get started on that. Let me find the tape, pop it in, be back in un momentos. The galaxy has spoken. Hang on, Guardians is Marvel Studios at its best. Now, listen to them. Explain why in more detail. Go! Rolling Stone calls it a wild summer ride. Yes! It's laugh out loud funny. Epic. Thrilling. It's out of this world. Good. Wait. All right, my dudes, we are back. I have just now seen The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. This is this is actually the last portion of the show that I have recorded. The movie wasn't coming out to the weekend, and I wanted to um, I wanted to get this out there as fast as I could, as like recently as I could. I'm I'm right now. I'm racked with a terrible cold. 2.0 was sick, and I you know I was taking care of her like a good person does, and in doing so, I. I made myself sick, so I don't know. This this might be short. I still I still did go to see the movie. I'm I'm dedicated like that. I <laughs> if anything, I'm a dedicated movie goer. So we went to we went to see it and man, I loved it. I thought it was great. It was laugh out loud funny. It had terrific action and they you know, they are in space and they visit a planet that was just it was just so amazing. There were many things in it that I would not hesitate to call amazing. There's some terrific scenery. There are some really interesting aliens. There are some terrific space battles and terrific spaceships. I I cannot recommend this highly enough. Uh, there, there've been a lot of Marvel movies that have come out, and I don't think that it's a secret that I've only thought that a few of them were actually good movies. They were the first Guardians of the Galaxy, the Captain America Winter Soldier, and Civil War, and probably probably Iron Man 1. The rest of them are all just, they're all right, they're entertaining, some of them, but for the most part, they're just not really like, not really like good movies. But this is a good movie, and the first Guardians is a good movie as well. They stand alone, even if they weren't part of the Marvel Universe, they stand alone as well-written, well-acted, fun sci-fi action movies. This movie was just, it was just so neat. I'm going to say that I, 
I applauded at the end, which isn't something that I do all the time, but I do do it when I think that it's necessary, and I guess I felt like this movie necessitated it. The movie is, right now as we speak, it is at 81% on Tomatoes with the critics, and it's at 90% with me, the peeps, me and you. Everyday folks like Now and Us, Now and Then, what was I trying to say? I have no idea. I... I'm so sick right now. I, I have a fever, which is weird. I feel so hot. I I can't quit coughing. You know what the worst part about, like, a cold is? It's like your head, your head gets all stuffed up, and it's hard to, it's hard to think. You know, you get a headache, and it's hard to think, and it's hard to sleep, and then when you do get to sleep, you wake up, and, like, being immobile for so long, all, all the bugs have, like, moved to the front of your face, so you, you always wake up, I do at any rate, wake up with, like, really bad headaches, and it's just hard to shake it, man, once you get, like, the, the boogers impacted in your head, it's just, it's hard to get them out, at any rate, at any rate, uh, it's at 90%, and then 81% with the critics, it runs for an hour and 37 minutes, it, of course, stars Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Michael Rooker, Dave Batista, Vin Diesel as Baby Groot, man. I think that Baby Groot is going to be one of the biggest money-drawing characters that they have ever invented in the history of Marvel. He's totally adorable and totally funny, and I just cannot imagine that there's a kid out there who, after seeing this movie, is not going to want a Baby Groot plush or Baby Groot figure or just something with Baby Groot. Dude was adorable. Dude was cute. Dude was... Dude was hilarious. You know who is like, completely hilarious, is, uh, Dave Batista. As you know, I'm a wrestling fan, and Dave Batista came from the world of wrestling, and in all the times that I've, I saw him work, I never, I never considered the guy to be a funny dude, but man, his comedic timing, and just the way that he delivers these lines are top-notch. He, he was, like, the runaway star of the movie, aside from Baby Groot. Dave Batista was already kind of a star, but I believe that this movie has made him into a super-duper star. He can do action, he's buffed, he's, you know, got that whole thing going for him, but now you realize, you realize it a bit in the first one, but in this one, man, he, he had some zingers. There are some interactions between him and Mantis. Mantis is a new character they introduced that are just, just awesome. Let's see, what was, what was the plot of the movie? Basically... Kurt Russell, who is introduced in this one, comes in as he reveals himself to be Peter Quill's father, but everything is not as it seems, and the Guardians explore the meaning of family. Is it, is it blood? Is it closeness? What makes, what makes people family? Who's your true father? Who's your true daddy? I, I enjoyed this a lot. I'm looking at some of the, uh, some of the critics' reviews of it, and... They are not as positive as the first one, and I don't, I, don't, I gotta tell you, I don't see it. I had a great time. I laughed a bunch. I was happy a bunch. I I felt the emotions of the movie. I really enjoyed Rocket Raccoon in this one. I'm a big fan of Rocket Raccoon, and he's, you know, basically the same dude we saw him the first time, but a bit meaner, a bit funnier. I enjoyed Gamora. I liked Yondu. I thought this was a good movie, dude. I think that you're going to like it, too. If you have any interest in Marvel, these kind of cinematic Marvel Universe type deals, you'll you'll definitely enjoy it for sure. Kurt Russell's great in it. At this point, Kurt Russell is like an American treasure. 
you know, this dude is really, he's been in so many great things. He's, you know, Snake Plissken. He's Stuntman Mike. Big shout out to Stuntman Mike on Twitter. That's my dude. But Kurt Russell, man, he, he's an American treasure at this point. They might as well just, you know, dip the dude in bronze and put him in a museum. I don't know. Oh, Sylvester Stallone is in it. That was a nice surprise. And there is another celeb cameo that I'm not going to ruin, but for all you all you 80s aficionados out there, you're going to mark out when you see this. I I can't recommend this high enough. I'm going to go... I got to get out of here. I would give you more of a review, and I apologize, but I I really don't feel good right now. I got to go, and I got to... I got to sit in a room with a Vicks vaporizer, I guess, and that's that's where I'm heading. So I'm going to I'm going to give it on the source meter, the very prestigious rating of four, four mics. Four mics on the good old source magazine mic meter. <laughs> Drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us Report. Okay, kids, we are back for the final segment of the show. It's known as the Toys R Us Report. This is the part where I talk about issues and news, things happening, things I saw over at the Toys R Us, things I watched on TV, comics I've read. The The first thing we're going to talk about is a, is a great piece of news. I am sure by this point you are familiar with the podcast known as GeekFest Rants. Well, in an amazing turn of events, GeekFest Rants is going to be joining us here on the IC Robots Radio Network now. Now we are three. Me, Carlos, and Gino Vega. It's going to be good. I enjoyed this show a lot. I think that it's a high-quality show, and it is something that I look forward to bringing to you guys. It's it's been around for over 300 episodes already, and you can find, you'll be able to find all the current episodes here on this feed. But if you want to go through there, the rich archive of back episodes, and I recommend it. There are so many good ones they've done. They've done episodes on Westworld, Star Wars figures. They did a great one on the entire Fast and Furious series. It's a fun show. You're going to enjoy it. You can find the archives over at GeekFest Rants. Dot com. You can find the current episodes there as well. You can also find them right here on the IC Robots radio feed. This last week, we started, it's, you know, it's flea market season year-round here in California. There's like a month or so off because of rain, but it's, it goes on the whole year. But once the weather starts to turn to springtime, that's when things, that's when things really kick into overdrive. And this past week, we... This was the first week in a while where we've hit both of the flea markets, the Mojo Sales here in Santa Rosa, as well as the Migley's out in Sebastopol. Migley's was hot as a mug. It is like on a alkali salt flat, I guess. It's not literally that, but it's flat and it's dirt and it's 
it's hot and we were we were going through and I I didn't wear a hat. I don't I don't often wear a hat. I will sometimes when it's when it's too hot. I got a baseball cap and A's hat that I wear, but I've never I've never found a hat that I feel like really suits me. I only I only wear the hat if I have to. I see how some people are really comfortable in hats and I see people in all kinds of wacky hats and I wish that I wish that there was a hat that I felt comfortable in, but I don't. I just just baseball cap it, but I didn't have the cap with me and the sun was it was really beating down on me and we were just about through with the whole thing when we got to a really interesting collection toward the end of the flea market. At this flea market they have they have tables installed in the ground like these wood tables and you you can use that surface and you can use the area behind you if you have a corner and somebody there had rented a corner spot two spots it was it was really big and as we we started to get near it it was full of bags like garbage bags and boxes tons tons of open boxes and there were there were papers everywhere just papers floating from one end of the other bags full of papers boxes full of papers and I I like an old magazine. I like to find old anything magazines. I like to see ads. I don't, you know, I don't buy like red books and things like that. But if it's like an electronics magazine or like a sporting magazine or just, you know, Entertainment Weekly. I love, I love TV guides. I don't buy a lot of TV guides, but I definitely do love 80s TV guides. I like to look at the, at the, um movie advertisement like the tv movies and and whatever but we got over there and we could see these papers everywhere and i just started i started digging in everything was on the ground i'm not so big at the on the ground digging it's it's rough because it's dirt so i'm down there wearing shorts don't got a hat i'm digging through these bags of paper but man it was immediately worth it like i stick my arm in and I just, you know, kind of gently scooped some out. And it was all sleazy Mexican comic books. And this is, look, we're never going to be anything that is family unfriendly. But we are, we are for a bit going to talk about some, some sleazy material. Nothing, nothing off the chain. Nothing that is, nothing I'd call pornographic by any means. But like... 70s Satan books and 70s police brutality books. Just all kinds of these really weird, really sleazy Mexican comic books. They're small and they're pamphlets and the covers are are really lurid. They'll have, you know, somebody getting beat or somebody getting tortured or some kind of, you know, like body action on the cover. And the whole entire bag was full of them and I'm looking at these covers and there's like satanic rituals and just all kinds of weird illicit 70s hippie drugged out weirdo stuff and I I really love that kind of stuff to be honest with you I I like I like lurid 70s stuff that's just me it's my thing I don't have an issue with anybody and anything else that you like so allow me my Allow me my things, but I'm digging through and just, there's tons of them. There's tons. I, I mean that there's like, not literally tons, but there are hundreds of pounds of these comics because I look around and there are, there are more bags and these bags are just overflowing with these comics. This guy has some kind of an incredible collection. And I grabbed, 
tons of like science fiction ones. There were weird ones with Mexican spacemen and Mexican wrestlers. It was it was a treasure trove of weird stuff like that. And then I start I start digging in further and there are like electronics magazine. This guy this guy must have been some sort of a interesting maybe somewhat deviant character. This was all from his estate as I understood it. When when I talked to the guy, they said the guy who who was the vendor, he said that he picked all all this stuff up when he had to he had to empty out a house and the guy had he had like home video magazines and lots of lots of blank videos and other other sort of other sort of lurid stuff of the nature that makes me think that I don't know, maybe he was filming odd stuff in his residence. He was was a videophile with an attitude prone toward this kind of whatever. But it was it was a treasure trove of great stuff. I got up on a ton of high quality VHS cassettes. I got a bunch of high bias audio cassettes and I I witnessed many a a box full of Something that, you know, it's kind of cool, I guess. There were like 70s penthouse magazines and like 70s Playboy magazines and things of that sort. There were lots of swinger pamphlets from that era. I I did buy a few of those. I like I liked that kind of stuff. I enjoy old newspaper periodical type type things of that nature. I I don't know how I'm trying to put this. I I just like all kinds of stuff. I like independent journals. I like weird things that people published on their own. I don't know. It's just me. I I had a great time going through this stuff. I I would enjoy explaining some of this weird stuff further because there was there was a lot of weird stuff, but we don't do we don't do the TRU RPT after dark with a a red light shining. We don't we don't do that kind of material. We are not we're not that type of show if if we were, I would, but we're not, I won't, and I never will be, I guess. Uh, it was cool, though, but, man, I found some TV guides, which I was just talking about, a bunch of 80s TV guides. A lot of the boxes weren't necessarily, like, lured material. They were just, like, weird business papers, and he had old TV Weeks, which was the TV guide that came with your newspaper. I enjoy finding those a lot because they have the... The local shows, I can see what was going on on good old TV 50, the old Santa Rosa channel. I got a bunch of those, a bunch of TV guides. He had also a bunch of Archie Digest, but these ones were interesting. They were Archie Superhero Digest. I know that Archie, I know that they published some superheroes back in the day, but I don't, don't have a lot of exposure. Most of them were part of the Mighty Crusaders, action figure lines, dude like the Shield and the Fox and the Fly, but I don't. I don't know so much about their adventures, and this one had a bunch of stories with those guys. This one particular in- character, in particular, the Black Hood, was interesting. He was a former cop that put on a he put on a ski mask at, at night and he went out and he beat up criminals. He just got he got directly to the point. I got some of that, and I got some of the Archie Digest size books that DC published back in the day. These were. These were the kind of books that gave me my first introduction to comics. The smaller digest style ones that you could you could pick up at the store and they would have a bunch of different stories. There 
they're more accessible. I'm glad that Marvel is going to start doing that again. I think that it's a nice way, nice way to introduce it. Like a kid could pick it up at the store and he's going to get like five or six stories for, you know, $3.99 or $4.99. It's nice. It's good. But I got a few of those. I got one that's all Jonah Hex stories. And I, I really like Jonah Hex, the Western character. So I, I'm looking forward to digging, digging into that. I'll tell you one last thing that I got out of this guy's, out of this guy's stuff. They had, they had everything from his house there, including the, the stuff from his, his medicine cabinet. I, I saw a big box full of, you know, various pills. And I like, I like those old aspirin tins and those old sucrets tins. You know, the ones I'm talking about with the, I really like those sucrets tins. Whenever I could get one as a kid, they were just so... So neat to me. I would do so many different dumb things with them. And I like to find the the old style one. So when I see a bunch of bathroom stuff that looks old, I I always kind of dig in. And as I was poking through, I saw that his his actual medicine and pills was still in here. And I, I picked up some of the pills and I went, holy heck, it was it was Sudafed. If you if you pay attention to the show at all, you know that I, I am a heavy allergy sufferer like I I have hay fever year round and Sudafed is one of the most effective medicines that they make for this kind of problem seriously it will it will dry your nasal head out in like minutes when done right and here here's the rub they use Sudafed or they did use Sudafed in the production of meth I think it might be meth I don't know I'm not a I'm not a, I'm not a drug addict, so I don't I don't know the recipe for meth, but they they changed the recipe for Sudafed so that people couldn't do that and the new Sudafed while still effective, I think that I think that actually what it was like they lowered the dosage of the of the Sufedrin in the pill. I think I don't know. I don't know anything about this stuff. I don't I don't care. But the new Sudafed is far less effective than the old Sudafed and while I was digging through this guy's stuff, I found a cache of the old Sudafed, and I am, I'm ecstatic. I haven't taken any. I don't know if I will. I'm going to wait till it's like allergy season, code red, and I have to. I will, I'll, I'll give it a shot when there's nothing left to lose. I'll give it a shot. This is like in The Wolf of Wall Street when Jonah, Jonah Hill found the old uh, Quaaludes in a doctor's vault, the old lemons, and him and, uh, him and Leo take them, and they, they wind up just, you know, blah, 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 just blathering idiots. That's what's going to happen to me. I'm going to take them and I'm going to get all methed out. But as long as, as long as my hay fever goes away, I'll, I'll take being methed out. Not really. That was, that was me being facetious. I do not. There is a bit of a meth problem around here and also up into the, the counties that are more north. They have a problem with that. And I, I have seen a lot of cracked out dudes, a lot of methed out weirdos hang around our downtown and I will tell you what man that's not for me when I say when I say that believe it believe it to be true I think that I don't know man it's probably about time to get out of here I think that you guys this has been a fun show I've had a good time doing it oh here's one more cool news bulletin there is an all new episode of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast dropping this upcoming Friday if you listen to this the week comes out this is Wednesday Wednesday is the first day. A couple days later, you're getting a new Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast. It's going to be great. I've heard it. I loved it. I have loved every one of those so much so far. He he does a great job of really capturing what it was like growing up here in good old Santa Rosa. So keep your eyes, 
Keep your eyes peeled to the Icy Robots radio feed for new episode Gino Vega, new episode of Geek Fest Rants, and then before you know it, it'll be a new episode of me, Icy Robots, and the good old Toys R Us report. Hop on over to support the report. If you enjoy what's going on here at the network, if you like it, if you're into it, drop a buck into the support the report Patreon account. We can... We can all use a bit of support, and it's nice to know that that you feel it, that you feel the love, and you want to spread that love to us. So, supportthereport.com, icrobots.com, geekfestrants.com for all of the stuff that you love. I'm signing off. This is me, IC Robots Episodes 116 for Iceberg, Engineer Emily. If you don't know, now you know. This has been an IC Robots Radio production.